So, Kyle asked me yesterday um, if I could uh, share a word with you this morning. Uh, I'll be honest, when Kyle did text me at 7.30 this morning and asked me what the weather was like, what the roads were like outside my house, I did respond, well, there's been at least three accidents in the last 20 minutes, there's black ice everywhere, and all I can see is fire trucks and ambulances. Well, instead of that, I actually said, well, it's not too bad. It's 50-50. It's a little bit icy. So I know it took a little effort to get here today. So we appreciate you being here. Um, and I know Kyle's going to carry on with this series next week. Um, I think life's healing choices. Um, so um, here, carry on with that. So we're going to jump right in today with a Bible reading from Corinthians 13. And it's on page 1137 in your Bibles, if you want it. I think a lot of people know this verse. But this is what we're going to read today. So, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy, can fathom all the mysteries and all knowledge. And if I have a faith that, cannot, that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all that I possess to the poor, Give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of, of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Now, this is a verse um, or a chapter. It's a whole chapter. I left a little bit out there, but it's a whole chapter that you normally hear at weddings, right? It's known as the love verse. It's not the kind of verse that you expected to hear on the second Sunday of the New Year, um, and it's certainly, for those that know me, it's probably not a verse that you would expect Andrew Fitzgerald to preach from. I mean, I was going to actually go and get some of my old sermons and microwave them, you know, liven them up again and preach this morning, but, you know, I've been really bothered lately by the amount of um, stories and things that I see where people are out of each other's throats. I was thinking about, you know, you've, my home country is England, for those of you who haven't worked that out yet, and uh, being incredibly blasphemous and thinking I'm Australian. Um, <laughs> my home country is going through Brexit. Um, and there's, I mean, it's, if you watch the, the, the British news, which I do, um, you know, there's so many things going on. People calling each other Nazis on the street. And, um, and then you've got the war. So, you know, we're trying to create a... Uh, economic and legal war between us and Europe, and we're putting a war between us and Mexico, and people are at each other's throats. Not only that, we've got communities at each other, social media, which, you know, well, enough said. We've got employees. There's stories of employees this week where people are just not nice to each other. And so I, I thought, well, this morning I would take a little time just to go over Corinthians 13 because it's not a wedding verse. It's a life verse. And I think there's a verse that, uh, it's a chapter that will help us understand how to better approach politics, our job, and our community. 
whether, it, whether I want to admit it or not, love is central to Christianity. It's almost like we treat it like an open, the open secret of our faith. But, you know, in, in a sense, when we go about our daily lives, we don't really see love as the admiral, admiral uh, uh, quality. We see independence, strength, um, you know, personalities that, you know, even looks, I mean, statistically, we go by looks still as human beings. We observe, and if you're taller, fairer, whatever it is, then you tend to get jobs more easily. If you have a British accent, you get jobs more easily. Actually, that's not true. <laughs> but we think about that, you know, we think love is it's almost like subservient to the power and the independence and authority that we value in our culture today. And we think almost love is like a hippie thing, right? I mean, you know, I'll be, I'm guilty of that too. And yes, we are in the middle of spiritual warfare. I'm not going to, I'm not hiding from that. I'm not going away from that. But you know what? I see a whole lot of Christians out there fighting a war like it hasn't already been won. It's, I mean, they act like a post on Facebook is going to bring Jesus to his knees. The reality is, Jesus is very clear about what he asked us to do. He said, love each other using my example as a reference point. And the, very, the final instructions that he left in the, first, in the book of Acts, chapter 1, it wasn't, circle the wagons, folks. Get your back ups against, backs against the wall. It's coming. No, he says, go tell everyone about the God-human love story that I'm central to. So he says, love one another, take care of each other, use my example. And then secondly, he says, go tell everyone about that human, God-human love story that I'm the central part of. You saw it right in front of you. Go tell everybody. You know, I would even say that your ability to, to love has a huge amount of impact on whether you can discern between good or evil, um, right and wrong. And that's another sermon for another day. But love is central to Christianity. So I don't think it will hurt us that much to open on a short discussion of love. And I'm going to pick out a couple of uh, a verse or a, a piece from what we just read. Now, you don't have to be married to know about love, okay? But for me, it's been in my marriage to Melissa that I have really learned about love. When I got married, I was 31. I know I still look 31, and I still tell you I'm 31, but I got married when I was 31. And I was kind of set in my own ways, and so I had to learn about love the hard way, right? I know there's a few of you here that have done that same thing. Love often means not giving your full, unfettered opinion. I've learned that one. It's taken me quite a few years. It'll be almost 20 years this year. Love does not mean, and I, you know, I think I'm an INTJ. If you do Myers-Briggs, I'm an INTJ. I, I tend to be very clear about what I think. Um, and I've had to learn that being an INTJ is not an excuse. It's ability to learn. And Melissa has been very helpful in that. You also learn that watching movies that you don't really want to, want to watch is not a waste of your time. Right? I mean, actually, I, I'll guarantee there's a few guys in here that the wife has fell, fallen asleep 
And you still wanted to watch the end of that movie, right? Even though you didn't want to watch, sit down and watch that movie. You learn to really listen, to memorize everything your wife said in case she quizzes you later. As I get old, my memory starts to fail me. Melissa will tell you it's been failing for a long time. You never laugh at your wife's choices. Remember, you're one of them. I mean, it's amazing, you know, I, I really, I think in, in the whole concept of marriage is that I've also learned that you can be really mad at someone and love them at the same time, right? So, you know, one of the things I've, I've learned and I'm beginning to learn. I mean, I, you know, after 20 years, you think I would be a little faster than that. Um, 20 years of marriage is that being kind is a result of me learning to notice and observe the needs of my wife. I thought you might enjoy this. I got a little um, video that I want to share with you. And thanks to the worship group and everything. I know these guys were short-handed today, so they're doing an outstanding job. So this life is given, everyone a present, beautiful, shiny, and new. Everyone but you. Nice German commercial there, Mia. You know, the verse I want to focus on um, of uh, Corinthians 13 is, love is patient, and especially love is kind. You can go on and, and, you know, go online and see a whole bunch of sermons around Corinthians 13. But just for this morning, I'm just going to quickly focus on love is kind. You know, patience, when it says love is patience, patience is about your attitude. In your marriage, patience is about your attitude to your spouse. What kindness is, is the action of your love. So in the, in the original, I'm not going to pronounce the original Greek word, but the when it says kindness in the Bible, it's a combination of Greek words that actually mean and translate to to furnish or, or provide what is needful. So when um, Corinthians says love is kind, it means your love is in action. That's what kindness is. You know, there's so many Bible verses, and you, you can go through them, and, and if you're interested, look at Luke 7. There's a couple of examples right there. Where Jesus... Um, the start of Jesus' kindness and his miracles, it starts with, when Jesus saw, when Jesus saw the woman with the son that was dead and they were walking out of the town, when Jesus saw the man on his bed, lame, when Jesus saw, and when he looked up and saw Zacchaeus in the tree, or Zacchaeus as he would say, Jesus begins his act, his love in action with seeing physical act, he begins to see things around him. You think about it at the time of his death, okay? So, you know, you're really probably one of the, the biggest injustices that a human could face, right? He's, a, he's there with, he's humiliated in front, of, in front of his friends and family. He's accused of something he didn't do, and he's actually been sentenced to death unfairly. And he's hanging there on the cross, and what does he do? He looks around and it says, you know, his mother Mary and some other people at the foot of the cross. And John, the disciple who he loved, is standing a little bit far off. And he looks and he says, woman, behold your son. Son, behold your mother. And I, it's 
some history books say that you know there that Mary John lived with Mary um, the mother of Jesus for at least 11 years and there is some evidence that she might have traveled with him too but Jesus instead of just thinking about what his own circumstances were everything that was impacting him he was able to look out and see in spite of all that stuff that was going on instead of really I mean he's, he knows this is the central part of the story and yet he looks out and he sees you know, we don't often show kindness because we just, not because we just don't want to. I think we've, we've got a whole bunch of kind people here. But we don't show kindness because we're just too busy to see what is going on. You know, our culture is so busy. I mean, it's like, you, it's, it's no secret. We fit, try to fit so many things in our schedule. But we're so busy, we don't actually see where kindness is needed. You know, do you know why I'm not kind to my wife, as I should be? I am kind. At least I think I am. Um, but I'm not as kind to her as I could be. It's not because I don't love her. I do. And it's not, mostly, and it's not because I don't want to be kind. It's mostly because I'm too busy caring about what I need in my relationship and not what she needs, right? I don't see. And I think that's the, in the end, when we... When we learn to be kind, it's when we slow down, we look beyond our own circumstances, and we start to see what's around us. Now, kindness isn't just a romantic notion. It comes directly from the investment you have in a person. And it only happens when you take your eyes off your own needs and you actually see the needs of your spouse or your friend or your family member. And it has to be part of who you are it's not something that you can turn off and on. See, bottom line is, I really believe there's, a, there's people right here in this room that need an act of kindness, and we're just not seeing it. You know, we're probably all thinking, like I do every Sunday, once Kyle gets about halfway through, where are we going to have lunch? I mean, how long a nap can I take today? And Actually, I'm probably watching soccer. Um, I might have to record my soccer today. Um, you know, my mind's all these things I'm not seeing. Because all I'm cared about is what I am seeing. You know, I really strongly believe this, that, and it's, a, it's something I will, I will visit at some point in the future with you guys, but I really don't think we believe that deep down, love can change the world. I really don't think that we, can, we believe that love can honestly change the world. You know, when we see the cross, we see the blood and the pain and the injustice. And we become fixated on it. But the ultimate point of the cross is not the blood and the pain and the injustice. It's about the love of God. You know, that the, the blood and the pain and the injustice is there to point to this God-human love story. And I think that if we really understand that is what the... the the Bible story, the gospel, the good news is all about, it gives us a clue to how we can change the world, right? If we're going to follow God, if you choose to follow God, and this is what the example that he set for you, then it's a pretty good idea that this is a clue of how we change the world. Ultimately, it's through love. You know, we don't change the world through crucifying other people. 
That's what we think. We become fixated on that part of the story instead of the understanding this was pointing to the ultimate thing, which is the God-human love story. I think the only way that we can really see impact and change in the people around us is with a gentle attitude, love is patient, and a kind presentation. Love is patient, and love is kind. And be careful, don't, it has to be an unconditional, you know, I think that it amazes me when people, when I see people online, and you know, uh, I rant about this, and I'm, I tend not to be um, on social media a huge amount, but I have to for my job, and so, you know, a lot of what I do is, is observe stuff on social media, but it, it really amazes me that th people think they can change other people's mind by being arrogant and angry. I think if you're going to really, honestly, and obviously that person has to be willing to listen, but if you're going to honestly change someone's mind, it's going to be through patience and kindness. It's going to be with the right attitude and with action. Right? If you, if you want to change people's minds, it's going to be through your attitude and through your action. And yet we think by being arrogant and angry online that we think we can change people's minds. It's, it, it amazes me. And don't add strings to your kindness. I know so many of us do that. You know, I saw, uh, I was like, a, I saw a guy in the post office a few days before Valentine's Day, and he's a middle-aged man spraying all these envelopes um, that were, had like love hearts and hearts, whatever, um, with, with perfume, and, um, and I thought it was kind of cute, and so I asked him what he was doing, and he said, you know, I'm sending out 500 Valentine's cards, kind of nice, and he said, yeah, I signed them, guess who, with a question mark, <laughs> said, what do you do that for, he said, well, I'm a divorce lawyer, you guys are slow this morning. You know, a person who is kind is one who sees and empathizes the needs of others. Kindness doesn't get turned off and on. Some people just got it. <laughs> Kindness doesn't get turned on and off like a tap. It's on if you open your eyes. In actual fact, it's somewhat, in some senses, the reason I struggle most with the greatest commandment to love God, love people, is because it requires me to use my personal time, my personal resources. So that's why people struggle with Christianity. It's because it's almost a burden to love, to love God and to love people because it requires your attitude and your action. You know, um, I think the, the cool thing about this whole thing um, is that in the Bible it says there's kind of a reward. You don't have strings attached, but there's kind of a reward for actually being kind. And in Isaiah 58 it says, and I'm finishing with this, uh, Isaiah 58 says, um, 7 to 11, what I'm interested in seeing you do is sharing your food with the hungry, inviting the homeless poor into your homes, putting clothes on the shivering, ill-clad, being available to your own families. Do this and the lights will turn on. And your lives will turn around at once. Your righteousness will pave your way. The God of glory will secure your passage. Then when you pray, God will answer. You'll call out for help and I'll say, here I am. So think about that. And I'm going to ask Jeff to come up 
um, and close us out. But think about today, just this one-off opportunity for us to be reminded that Christianity is about love. Why not try opening your eyes and seeing the needs around you? And you're only going to be able to see them if you stop thinking about yourself first. So take a little time. Be kind to one another. All right? So let's pray. God, we know that as human beings um, in a fallen world that our central focus is ourselves. And so we just ask this morning that you'll remind us in our daily lives and how we look um, as we look around us in our church community and our families and our friends that we'll understand what they need and be kind. Help us to have an attitude that's correct. Help us to have action in our life that shows kindness. And also as we remember as well the, the uh, Charlie, Renee, Heather and Kyle, we, we pray that your hand will be upon them and we pray especially for, for Elliot at this time. May you just see the love of people around him just overwhelm the sadness that he has. And so we pray for that family as we go about our business today. And we pray that you'll be with us. Amen.